0: Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Floor Nine. I am your host, as always, Scott Elchison, and with me today is Angel Mendoza. How's it going, world? And special guest today, Benjamin Hone. Ben, welcome. Thank you.
1: Happy to be here. Oh, yeah. Glad to have you here. Is Finally decided to include me in yeah, one of these. Yeah, we did. <laughs>
2: yeah, I was tired of nagging. Yeah, right? Finally got to me. <laughs> kidding. Kidding.
0: I thought I would never get my shot. So anyway, it's just accounting, you know, a quick intro to the lab and what we do here. We are the IPG Media Lab. Uh, we, you know, we are the media futures group under IPG, working across everything that is new in technology. So from over a decade, we've been evaluating new technologies, ad- identifying how it changes consumer behavior and media consumptions, and of course, providing our clients with actionable insights to help navigate this ever-evolving media landscape. Again, welcome to our podcast. Welcome to Floor 9. So this week, uh, we'll be going into one of our outlook trends, the third one uh, entitled Advanced Interfaces. And Ben here is going to give us a quick intro into what advanced interfaces are in under sixty seconds. Ben, are you ready to, you know, explain what it what it's all about? I'll give it a shot, give it a shot. All right, well, Let me pull up the clock on your mark, get set, go.
1: So the smartphone is entering its maturity phase, and some of the components of the, uh, of the smartphone, like the camera, the microphone, different sensors, are being unbundled into standalone input devices that are powering different types of interfaces like augmented reality, virtual reality, and a bevy of con- connected devices. So what does that mean? Cameras being unbundled into Snapchat Spectacles. Uh, Google just announced Google Clips, which is an AI-controlled portable camera. Uh, Echoes and the Google Home are basically unbundled microphones that are powering voice assistants as standalone speakers. And all of these advanced interfaces that are not touch or sight-based are leveraging new forms of input as platforms uh, for brand messaging. So essentially, brands can no longer you know use a dynamic html5 website to reach users on tablet iphone etc because the way that you communicate with brands wh- i'm sorry with your audience via an apple watch is a lot different than you would via alexa nice what's what we, the time
0: what's the time Ooh. Oh.
1: One minute and 10 seconds just trim that extra 10 seconds yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> no good, good warm-up yeah, right no, that, that was awesome. time From the top. From the top. No, I think that's, no, but that's fantastic. Ben, so I would say, so, you know, we're seeing a lot of these new technologies today in the market. It's kind of like a very hot topic, but how do we get here? Kind of like what's like the origin story of these advanced interfaces? Um, Kind of bringing it back to, I think the very famous uh, Jim Barksales quote, um, there's only really, you know, one business model, un- unbundling or bundling. Uh, that's two business models. Two, two oh, business two models, models. And you right. just answered my
1: question for me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's that's a good place to start. You know, he, the the quote was there are only two business models. There's bundling and unbundling. And what we saw with the launch of the smartphone is that a lot of different devices that people use, like the phone and the camera and television, they were all bundled into the smartphone as apps. And now that the smartphone supply chain has become so efficient, the component pieces of the phone are now being unbundled into these standalone devices. So not only are we able to you know, have the smartphone, which does a lot of things pretty well, we now have disparate devices that are able to do specific functions very well.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I would say, and I think the most obvious one aside from that, the smartphone, like the Apple Watch, I think was, was one of the big... Devices that got introduced that kind of tethers off of the smartphone everybody has in their pocket, but now it's really it's really more focused
2: on you know like a health kind of wellness vibe, and then again you know it's it's. I also feel like it's leaning towards authentication as well, especially when it comes to commerce. So Apple Pay. So Mm -hmm. with the Apple Watch, it's very easy to pay. But imagine with um, face unlock. On your apple watch so today with apple watch you have to put your code in but imagine you just look at it you're already looking at it if it's able to scan your face which makes things easier
1: yeah i mean that's a great illustration of how we got to this current phase of advanced Mm -hmm. interfaces which is that these component pieces are so cheap to produce i mean the new iphone 10 has four cameras in it which is what's enabling these new types of interactions
0: like face id it's incredible right and i think you know even on I would even, even the past week you know with there's Google's announcement Alexa came out with a very surprise announcement or excuse mm-hmm. me Amazon with they like released like four new like echo products um, all related around um, you know the like, the, like, the Alexa platform so now there's the, like the echo connect there's the echo spot there's the echo buttons there's the echo plus um, the spot is Alexa everywhere yeah everywhere like literally all, even
1: even in the Google announcements.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i don't think any of the products they announced were echo anything no they were all um home home pod this home pod that no that's apple
2: hmm. well you have sonos with alexa now
0: yep alexa's and sonos but then also google Assistant is going to be coming to um yeah they have that product mm-hmm.
2: um, you choose one or the other yeah
0: and apparently Siri's coming there as well huh. so they're kind of playing the field but
1: yeah i think one of the best illustrations of advanced interfaces is that Google clip camera that they Mm -hmm. announced because it's, you know, people love taking pictures, but they don't like separating themselves from whatever experience it is that they're, they're doing. And what Google announced was a camera that literally uses artificial intelligence to recognize the people, places, and things that matter to you so that you can just set up the camera and it'll automatically take pictures for you yeah. of those things, so you can just live in the moment.
2: Well, technically, it's not pictures. So Google Clip is an evolution right. of a company called Narrative Clip. Back where I, I spoke to this company, maybe 2014, where it was same smaller Quick, form spell, factor. Spell narrative.
1: S- spell <laughs> as it is. Yeah. No Properly. Way. Yeah. Oh. Crazy. Yeah. With <laughs> all the vowels.
2: with all the vowels. <laughs> all the vowels. Those but are expensive. It is very similar to the clip, but smaller form factor, and it just took pictures every two seconds. So it's literally like narrating your life. Right. Um, unfortunately that shut down, but with the Google clip, it's essentially taking seven second clips in high res. And to your point, it is, you do train it to identify your dog or your child or whatever, but I love the interface where you choose the frame and you can make that frame an Mm -hmm. image just like Apple's live photos, but in a standalone device. Yep. Yep. Yep.
0: And that in this way, you're, everybody's included in, you know, the photo and the gathering at
2: $150, I would have purchased it as gifts. Two hundred fifty. Oh, lot. it's a yeah, lot. Two hundred fifty is just too much. It's not going to be an impulse purchase. Yeah. And you know it's what steep. it is? I already have Google Photos on my phone, right. so it's like an easy transition for me.
0: Yeah. Oh, man, I don't know.
2: You might still get it. Yeah. I will.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if you play your cards right, maybe one will wind up in your stocking. Well, I'm Christmas. torn. Yeah.
2: <laughs> iPad, Beats headphones, or Google Clip going to be the headphones.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's a toss-up of the, the of the holiday season. But I would say, even on top of that, we're also seeing interesting integrations into other, you know, products, especially in the fashion market. So, uh, obviously, Google again, uh, they're a, a big player in the space, but they they partner with Levi's for Project Jacquard, which is their... Or is, is, is that how you pronounce it? Or is it like Jacquard? I don't no, know. Right. Is Jacquard. it yeah, Jacquard. Jacquard? And They have now put in like a touch sensor on a denim trucker jacket that is washable, but only only up to 10 times. And interesting use case. You can tap on it, you can swipe in, swipe out, or like hold hold down on the actual sleeve itself of the jacket to kind of interact with your phone. And it seems like it's really good at playing music. But I'm not sure what else it can do. So the,
1: wait, the actual interface is in the sleeve. Yeah. A, yeah,
0: yeah. So it's it's right on the cuff of the sleeve. They okay. put like uh, 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 conductive, um, like copper threading in there, so it recognizes into the denim. Yeah, into the denim. So
2: here's my thing. I don't think that makes sense. One, you have headphones that are becoming touch. the Google buds have it. Right. Um, AirPods have it. that da- Bragi Dash hat. You can control things. You control your phone, and braggy is able to control your phone with your head movement. So if you go up or down, and actually you can associate an action to it. With this, one, I feel like it's overcomplicating the process of trying to weave in these copper threads and trying to connect to your phone. But also, how popular is denim jackets now? On top of that, can, I yeah. want
0: one. Yeah, I don't. I mean, denim never goes out of style. Yeah,
1: below the waist. It's, it's as American as Apple <laughs> <anthropology. laughs> Well, maybe this is just the first step. Maybe they start with a touch interface in the sleeve, and then eventually they could
2: put some motion sensors in there or something, I a want, gyroscope, if and only then they could just put that do, in the band and somehow, some way and show the time that you can control your phone. Oh, wait. <laughs>
0: Apple Watch. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. Android wear. Yeah, but it's just interesting to see kind of how these, you, you know, different companies are, are really going at the space um because you know google like they're a very large technology company mm-hmm. and then on the on the flip hand you know there's the nike fashion brand who is i think very active in the technology space mm-hmm. and again they're kind of doing the same thing but with nfc so instead of actually threading connective material into a jacket for an interface they have an NFC chip now in jerseys that give um players or not excuse me, not players but Um, like their customers and, you know, sports fans inside exclusive content to that, you know, exact person that whose jersey they might be wearing. So we just open up this new Nike Connect Mm -hmm. app. You just tap it on, you know, like the bottom of the jersey where like the big tag is in the front. And you now have this way to really download this really exciting content from Nike about, you know, inside, you know, Steph Curry's locker room warm up or something like that. And I
2: love that because you could continuously update this throughout the season. So it's not the same thing over and over again. Mm hmm. It's a good way to
1: offer exclusive access to events. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could really start to open up the door to I mean, I don't know, is there a location tag in that thing? Probably not, but you I, might yeah, be able to see know, where yeah. it's I don't know there's like when location it, right. when it's scanned. I right. mean, if you wanted to go into a you know, a a pop-up event or something or Mm -hmm. some type of VIP
2: experience, you would be able to know who it is that's swiping into that event. Yeah, Yeah. Personalize that experience for them. You, You actually know the person that has a jersey. So for example, this is a big thing with ticket sales. A lot of people gift jerseys to... Their friends, their family, so you right. don't know who's actually wearing that jersey. But with NFC, it, because it's associated to an app, that person's logged into that app. Now you know who's actually wearing that jersey, like what their demographic. So as a Nike, you could better target content or advertisement,
0: right? And it's exciting too because like there's a bunch of data that is collected on Nike's end. So like I know just based off the brief, kind of launch of the product, they said like they understand how many taps a person has done, kind of what they've actually engaged with, to help better cater that experience yeah. and then just the data on the back and they're, they're like they're collecting through the app i'm sure is going to help them yeah. uh, better improve the experience but i think it's important now to kind of take a look at so we've kind of run through a few examples of what well, hold up. A-
1: before we move on sorry i just want to do a quick sidebar angel are you are you aware with the adidas speed factory are you aware of what that is wait give me a second no
0: <laughs> yeah i don't know fill me in what's it? Yeah.
1: Uh, so this is this is a bit of a tangent but they recently announced that they've been doing research. Into runner styles in different cities around the world, and they are going to be creating specialized sneakers based on the city that you live in. So, what that ah, means is, okay. for example, a runner in London might need more traction because it's you know they're that running is in wet environments, or you know a runner That's in insane. San Francisco needs more of a a a shoe that can handle an elevation. Uh, runners in New York oh, usually run on hard concrete, that kind of thing. So specialized sneakers based on the, the like the your city and yeah. the environment oh, wow. that you're in. Yeah, oh, thought you might like that. My God, yeah. <laughs> guys! For my Christmas <laughs>
2: present, can you pool you know the the budgets together? Wait, so what do you want? A... The
1: Google Clip? Yeah. You yeah. Want the, oh no, you the you sneakers. The by far. Sneakers, yeah.
2: The iPad. I'm sorry, it's, this uh, is going to be a rich sneakers. Christmas for you. Sne
1: Making out like a bandit. The lab Pollyanna this year is going to be so lit.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, so I think I think that's a
2: fantastic. Oh, shoes <laughs> as an in input, Richard. So, so good. Yeah,
0: well, I think, and again, so I, I think this kind of goes into how brands can really look at these new, uh, really, ad- these different advanced interfaces. And now, you know, we have a jean jacket. We now have shoes from Adidas. There is a connected jersey from Nike. There's a plethora of different Amazon products that are just put around the home. So what does it mean for brands? And what it really comes down to is, these are all new data like touch points for brands to start understanding their consumers in a better way, like like, like more personalized experience. And um, it's exciting to see as a brand, like kind of one this kind of one, I would kind of take a look and understand what you already have in your arsenal that can be leveraged to start collecting better more data to help better you know personalize things for for different consumers
2: not going to answer that question yeah right. but i'm going to backtrack a bit All right. it's crazy how much data nike adidas and even are under armor are collecting through like under armor for example buying my fitness pal buying matt my run and buying um edomoto um but also now Nike like with the NFC taps with Nike Plus training Nike run like now they know like your taps you what your purchasing behavior yeah. um how you're working out like it's yeah. crazy how much data and Adidas now with this
1: like, not to mention Nike has a partnership with Apple so they're integrated into the Apple yeah. Watch I mean the new Apple Watch is going to have more you know uh health data access so it'd be interesting to see what nike's going to do with so here's my
2: question and i'll answer your question all right who's managing all the data for them are they doing it in-house because security is a huge issue with advanced interfaces like the more data you're getting you're gonna have to protect that look at Equifax, for example
0: right oh for sure i mean that's and i think to your point is it becomes like this data is now i would say like this Top asset brands have that, because, like, once you lose it or, or, or once you lose like that consumer trust, you know, you're never gonna get it back. Mm-hmm. You know, Aquifax I, 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 is like, I, I mean, never say never, but they're never gonna like come back from you know losing 140 million, you know, credit mm-hmm. card, social security numbers, and accounts. They don't need
2: to though. By default, they have they get your data. They're one of the one of the big three um, credit credit reviews. agencies. Yeah. yeah, I think the point that Scott's trying to
1: make is brands are going to have access to way more data than they're than they're used right. to having on right. their audience and no one wants to be the next equifax or the next sony i just
2: right. hope they don't try to do it in-house or like secure that in-house like that's a lot of work you need a dedicated company to like right yeah and and, and
0: and so the point that we're trying to get here is that you know with this new um, data sources like they're coming in and an amount that you have is just like taking a, a priority that, you know, really understanding that like this data is like a top priority mm-hmm. more like more, more so than, you know, like a standard day-to-day interaction. It's like, oh, you know, maybe it's sales or like maybe it's brand lift. It's like, no, make sure your data is secured first, then worry about all the other KPIs yeah. out there. Because there's like, again, once you lose it, I mean, it you're, like, you're tar- like your your reputation is tarnished and it's really hard to win back that user trust and this, and this is how you build, you know, like this is the starting point of, of how you kind of build like a better consumer experience and kind of really deliver across all different channels and platforms, you know, this better customized experience. It's, it's through understanding the data that these customers have given you and trust you with.
1: And in order to earn that trust, you have to create an experience through these advanced interfaces that is going to add value to yep. your audience's experience so that they are willing to part with a little bit of it in right. order to get a more personalized experience in return
0: yeah yep that's huge and i would say so it's interesting we've talked previously about augmented intelligence and this is kind of where we're kind of seeing like the blend and again going back to the google clips it's kind of a perfect example of all three of our outlook trends being blended together but these advanced interfaces again are the touch point that allows brands to collect this data then can then be you know used and train all the um you excuse me, the uh, artificial intelligence and the algorithms. And that, you know, in turn gives you better data to help personalize the experience. So it, like, it's, it's kind of like an all connected circular flow where you find an interface, a new touch point that works for you, help you understand your consumer better. And then you kind of feed it into this, um, you know, the algorithms to then improve the overall customer experience. But I would say from a retail perspective, an interesting thought is, you know, using the actual store itself as the advanced interface so you know not really using like say you know like an Alexa but how can you as a retail brand look to your store to see what can be done in there to you know collect new, like, new sources of data to help
2: better improve the overall like, consumer experience. I think it happens before you even get into the store you have to collect that data so once that consumer walks in you can't be collecting data when they walk in you have to have it beforehand so for example what Tulip IO is doing or Red Ant mm-hmm. they're aggregating all a consumer's touch points across the app site wherever and putting that into a customer profile for the store associate so when angel mendoza walks into, say a nike store they know that i spent like a thousand dollars on running stuff for the last in the last few months right so i get that white glove service
1: yeah i mean it's uh it's the main interface that a lot of retail brands have with their client is their own footprint so how can we optimize that experience especially at a time where people are going to brick and mortar locations less and less i mean this is the kind of thing that can get people to come back is a more white glove experience like you said because you spend so much money on
0: sneakers angel yeah (laughs) (laughs) even more now with running sneakers yeah even more now with the announcement from
1: adidas by the way guys did did we say that angel's a runner yet Angel,
2: aren't you a runner? <laughs> well, Adidas, you want me to, you know, test <laughs> the sneakers out. Yeah, out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Up the first podcast they, endorsement yeah. for <laughs> a yeah. sneaker are company. They, are they a sponsor yet?
0: <laughs> um, unfortunately, no. Boo 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 boo. I just
1: wanted to get one of those in.
0: Yeah. No, so I think as we, you know, start to close up the podcast and really look at, you know, key takeaways for brands, again, it's one to understand, I would say to understand what you already have in the arsenal of assets that can be used to leverage as an advanced interface. There might be some hardware and app, like there might be some things already out there that can be better leveraged to help collect this new data. But also, you know, taking a look at all of these new, you know, connected devices that are coming out there, again, Alexa, the Google Homes, the HomePod, Siri, like, you know, there's a connected jacket, shoes. I mean, there's just so many more data sources that are going to be coming in. It's like, how can you as a brand leverage these, these new data sources to better, uh, you know, improve your customer experience. And again, I think as Ben pointed out earlier, when you're a brand, you really have to tailor an experience for whatever platform that you're on. Um, cause people are going to be using different platforms, obviously differently. And you as a brand want to make sure that you're communicating to that platform and that user in the way that's most natural you know, to be done on that platform,
1: right? So, what literally is your brand voice if you're going to appear right. on Alexa or right. Google Assistant? What type of augmented reality experience is going to add value to our consumers mm-hmm. if we, you know, deploy something uh, through AR Core or AR Kit? Right. Um, you know, again, what what? How are we going to leverage that health data yeah. and the location data to? Create a better in-store experience for someone or personalized experience. So those are the types of things that we need to think about as brands.
0: Right.
2: Yeah, for brands specifically, it's going to be harder and harder to have that same voice to your point across all these different interfaces or even advancement technologies. So it's it's a lot of work to understand one how it works and how it's going to impact their business. Um, and then to your point, like how do we customize? that user flow to that customer mm-hmm. um so yeah i agree i mean
1: even you know we've seen announcements about visual search as well using right. the camera as an input i know you guys did a whole whole another session on that but oh it's coming up God. oh it's coming up it's right. coming up a little uh a little preview a little preview <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know how do we make sure that our products our logos are Indexed and Visual able, SEO, and able yeah. to be found. Yeah, I mean, just like our websites are are currently, uh, the same thing. With, you know, also with our websites. I mean, that's how the Google Assistant pulls information to surface the most relevant thing. Is how are we going to index our websites to make sure that they're found by our voice assistant? So, mm-hmm. a lot of layers here. To yeah, consider.
0: and the very last note again can't stress it enough is you have to respect to user privacy and security. Again you know once you lose yeah. co- like consumer trust in the data it's going to be very very hard for a brand to get it back
2: yeah. well i think with all like the nfc in the jersey with these new interactions mm-hmm. the first brand that loses or like, does a poor job might ruin it for everyone because then it's like oh brand xyz you know they had this data breach this new brand is doing the same type of concept with the nfc in the jersey like, why would i want to do that knowing that risk so i feel like it's that one brand that ruins it Ruin it for everyone,
1: at least for now. Yeah, I mean, like a lot of people, I I don't personally consider Google Glass to be augmented reality Mm -hmm. because it's literally just putting a Google notification in your field of view. It's not responding to your physical surroundings. But we've get we had a lot of questions all the time, like why is this a thing now? Like, what happened to Google Glass? Wasn't that a failure? And so it's just gonna set the timeline back if brands don't approach it the right way,
0: right? I would say, as a closing audience question, we have a new logo. Yes. Very excited about it. It looks very good. What's, Richard. What's
2: the question? Richard loves it, by the way.
0: I would say, uh, the, well, the, the big question is: please let us know your thoughts on it. You know, you can. Email it's us it's more of a request. It's more of a request, yeah. <laughs> a request for feedback, not not so much a question. At Scott at, at IPG Lab, That is correct.
1: The question is, do you like it? Do, do you, you like us? <laughs> Will you continue to listen? Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> uh, you can tweet at us at IPGLab, Instagram at IPGLab. For more awesome content, check out our Medium website. Just go to the search bar and search IPGLab. We're the ones that pop up. And again, any emails or questions, you can reach out to Ben at IPGLab.com.
2: Let us know your thoughts on this hotness. Nice.
0: (laughs) That was for the notes. (laughs) Goodbye.